Shri Gurubhyo Namaha. In this 18th episode of Saints of India, this soul humbly presents to you the life of Tapovanam Jnananandagiri Swamihal. The content of this episode is based on the understanding of this soul from the satsang of Govindapuram Balaji Bhagavada and from bzone.com. The soul prostrates at the feet of Shri Balaji Bhagavada and thanks Ed Raitha, founder of bzone.com, for giving permission to use the content from their portal. In early 19th century, Shri Venkopa Ganavadigal and Srimadhi Sakubai, a pious Brahmin couple, lived in a place called Mangalapuri near Darwad. The devout couple went to Subramanya Temple in western Karnataka. Though they already had children, they prayed for another child. Unlike these days, there wasn't any conveyance available which could reach very easily to temples through well-laid roads. Devotees had to tread through jungles and cross rivers to reach the temples. Venkopa Ganapadigal and Sakubai were returning through a thick forest when they came across an infant lying nowhere in the middle of the forest. Search for its parents didn't yield any result. The couple then concluded that the child is an answer to their prayers at Subramanya. They returned back home with the child to Mangalagiri. Since the child was found on way from Subramanya temple, they named the baby boy as Subramanyam. Subramanyam grew with other children at home. It's a firm belief that a child before going to school should be taught with spiritual practices lest the child should forget when grown. The first name to pronounce should be of the Lord and the first word written should be of Lord's name. Subramanyam was brought under this environment. When he was five years old, the parents started imparting Kannada language to him since it was their mother tongue. When he was seven years old, the Upanayanam ceremony was conducted. The practice those days was that a child after the Upanayanam will leave with the teacher to Gurukulam post Madhyanihim. The evening Sandhyavandanam will be at the Gurukulam. Eng Subramanyam, after the morning rituals got over, accompanied by his teacher, left for Gurukulam. Today, in boarding schools, they have different gadgets to make the students stay comfortable. But those days, there weren't such facilities. The young students have to go house to house seeking bhiksha in the morning, come back, carry out or help carry out the daily chores of the ashram and also wash their clothes besides attending to the classes. At the curriculum, the classes also started. As per the tradition, the first words during the recitation of Vedas will be Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Arihi Om meaning salutations to the Guru and the name of the Almighty. When this was uttered by the Master for the students to follow, Eng Subramanyam went into a trance. The very name Hari attracted him so much that he started meditating on the very word. The teacher asked, Hey Subramanyam, 
Are you feeling sleepy? Why aren't you repeating after me? There wasn't any response from the kid. This continued for some more days. One day, the teacher pulled him up and said, How long do you think that I can be putting up with this? Now, repeat the slokas what I have been teaching all these days. Subramanyam, with all reverence to his teacher, repeated each word and verse that were imparted till that date. After reciting, he once again went into trance. The teacher over a period of time lost his patience. He called Subramanyam and said, Subramanyam, you are not attentive in the class, yet you answer questions. When I ask you to repeat the sandhans, you don't. I feel that other children will follow suit. I have to ask you to leave the class and stay put in the Ganesha temple in the street corner. Respecting his teacher's order, Subramanyam went to the Ganesha temple and started meditating there. This continued for some more days. In the ensuing days, his elder brother came to see him at the Gurukulam and was shocked not to find him there. He went and inquired with the teacher who walked him through the sequence of events and suggested that he visit the Ganesha temple where he might find him. Seeing his younger brother in a state of trance and not attending the classes at the Gurukulam, the older one got angry. He started scolding him and expressed his displeasure. He told him, Being a son of Ganapadigal, this is not the way for you to behave. You are bringing disrespect to the father and the family. Why don't you get lost somewhere? He said, Respecting the elder's order, the seven-year left the place. Young Subramanyam wandered as his legs took him without any idea of where he was heading to. At a later stage, Swami Nyanananda recollects how a jyoti led his way at that point of time. When knowledge is the aim in life, the physical strife will not be a challenge to the jnanis. The child didn't think about what he would have for food, where is he going to stay, who will be his guru. Nothing came to his mind as he followed the jyoti. He didn't even feel the absence of his parents from whom he had come long distance now. For him, the only goal was jnanam or knowledge. He didn't even know what will happen next to him. Such was his thirst for knowledge. Finally, he was led into Pandarpur, the place of Pandurangavitala. The entire city was echoing with the Sankirtan of Ramakrishna Hari and pilgrims jostled towards the temple to have the darshan of Pandurangavitala. Subramanyam also joined them and went to the temple to have darshan. When he came in front of Vitala, he prayed for only one thing. O oh Lord, lead me to my Guru, he prayed. He had prasadam of the temple as his food and slept in the sands of Chandrabhaga river. This continued for some days. One day, when he was asleep on the river banks, he was woken up by a voice calling him by his name. Subramanyam, Subramanyam. 
get up the guru whom you were searching all these days is across the river chandrabaga immediately he took bath in the river and turned around to thank the person who brought him the big news but he was nowhere to be found eng subramanyam went to the other bank of the river and under a peepal tree he saw a person sitting in a similar posture of lord dakshinamurthy the very sight of him made subramanyam to think that he is his guru tears rolled down like water gushing out of flood gates his happiness knew no boundaries he prostrated at the feet of his guru and said gurunatha please accept me as your disciple the guru was sri sivaratnagiri swami ji of the joshi math in kashmir which was established by sri adi shankaracharya the swami ji in turn said get up you have reached the shores he was initiated as the swami ji's disciple as is the practice in the ramakrishna mission a person who wants to become a sanyasi before getting into the ochre robes have to be in white clothes and do all the work assigned to them without expecting any benefit out of them this forms as a catalyst to move away from the materialistic world and submitting oneself to the service of mankind the people of ramakrishna mission order are then dressed as brahmacharis with a name given differently from what they were called prior to arrival at the ramakrishna math subramanyam was given the name as pragnana brahmachari by his guru shri sivaratnagiri swami ji the heads of joshimat have their name suffixed with giri as is the practice of other maths established by adi shankaracharya the disciple followed his guru nadar to kashmir the guru gave a brass kamandal to pragnana brahmachari and said you have to keep this kamandal clean and shining always the water inside should be fresh always without becoming stale eng brahmachari took this as a hint to him that he should always maintain his body and soul clean without allowing any impurity settling in this was the level of learning and understanding he had after reaching srinagar at the joshi math pragnana brahmachari was imparted with the knowledge of the vedas upanishads and shastras in the appropriate way the brahmachari learned them well and in a short time shri sivaratnagiri swami ji called pragnana brahmachari and advised him to go on a pilgrimage around the country and then return to the math he visited many temples around the country on foot before returning to joshi math on his return the swami ji initiated pragnana brahmachari as a sanyasi the swami ji recollected that the initiated sanyasi joined them at pandarpur the abode of panduranga vitala the temple tower is called as the nyanananda tower keeping this in mind the swami ji named the new sanyasi as nyanananda giri he stayed with his guru for long years one year 
on the full moon day of vaisakhi month sri sivaratnagiri swamigal had a premonition of his attaining siddhi he passed on the responsibility of the math to gnananandagiri and attained siddhi gnananandagiri swamiji didn't stay there for long he appointed shri anandagiri as the head of the math and went to the himalayas to do penance in the sub zero conditions he did penance with just his loin cloth that was the type of penance he did he performed penance in badrinath and kedarnath there were records which recall shri gnananandagiri swami ji performing jalastambhanam penance in the mansarovar lake thereafter he went around the country on foot several times propagating the need to be leading righteous life the importance of chanting the lord's name or nama sankirtan and awaken the society from its slumber which has forgotten pious things he gave solace to people whom he came across he didn't differentiate people by their religion for him all are equal in front of god people sought advice from him for various problems and got blessed by him he had infinite compassion a compassion born of strength atmabala strength of bliss in one of the most ancient upanishads there is a description of the one who has realized the divine self he is atmakrida one who sports with the self atmamithuna one who has the self for his companion atmananda one whose delight is in the self whenever he looks at a child a plant a flower or an animal he sees only the self he lives and enjoys in the self atmarate shri gnanananda is such a one who has stepped out of the pages of the upanishads shri gnanananda giri swami ji when touring tamil nadu came to kalakudi there were large scale conversions happening from hinduism to christianity in those days itself swami ji met the people and impressed on them whatever they are finding in other religions is already existent in sanatana dharma the problem is that other religions keep propagating their scriptures but we do not do his appeal to people were so overwhelming that the conversion stopped he taught them short tamil songs from the hindu tamil scriptures like tiruvasagam tirukkural and divya prabandhams he got them together and made them stay with hinduism he also told them that someone from north india would come and seek their land to start an industry and that the people should help him with their land without any hindrance and in return ask for jobs this happened and the place from kallakudi became an industrial hub today called dalmiyapuram swami ji stayed at siddhalingapuram no one in that place took cognizance of swami ji's presence they thought a swami ji who is passing through the village has stayed there as days went by bureaucrats politicians and people of eminence formed beeline to have his darshan this woke the village and thereafter they started to become his followers 
There was drought everywhere. The farmlands parched and started cracking. The villagers came to Swamiji and requested him to do something so that their lives and livelihood can be saved. There is a well at Siddhalingapuram Mart even today. Swamiji sat next to the well and said, Let the well be drained of water and be poured on my head. People started to do Abhishegam to him and wonder of wonders, the clear sky became dark with rain-laden clouds and it started raining. It rained continuously for three days and nights, making the place to flourish again. Sri Nyanananda Swamiji was a Paramahamsa Parivarajak Acharya, an itinerant sannyasin teacher par excellence who loved anonymity and obscurity and moved about freely, avoiding permanent stay at any particular place. However, early in the 20th century, when he came to Atayambatti in Salem district, he yielded to the entreaties of the poor people and allowed them to construct an ashram for him. In the late 30s, he moved to Siddhalingamadam, situated about 6 miles from Tirukkoyilur in South Arkad district on the southern bank of the South Pennar River, renowned as Dakshina Pinakini, Southern Ganges. From time immemorial, the place was associated with Siddhas. In 1951, he shifted to a mango grove on the northern bank of the river. An ashram called Sri Nyanananda Tapovanam grew around his presence. It is believed to be the sacred spot where Sage Mrigandu, the father of the immortal Markandeya, performed penance. It is situated at about 3 kilometers from Tirukkoilur on the highway to Tiruvannamalai. According to ancient religious tradition, this part of Tamil Nadu, known as Krishnaranya in the Hori Pass, was sanctified by the presence of great saints through the centuries. Here, Lord Krishna, pleased with the penance of the sage Mrigandu, gave darshan to him as Vamana, the Trivikrama avatar of Vishnu. The first three alvas met and sang the glory of the Lord in the ancient temple. Tirukoilu is an important center for Saivites also. Killayu Shrine is one of the Ashta Viraratana or the eight special temples of Shiva. Saivite saints have offered hymns in praise of the Lord who had slain the demon Andakasura. Avayar, the Siddha poetess, pleases Sri Ganesha in the same temple by offering her immortal composition Vinayakar Agaval replete with deep insights of yoga. Saint Yanasambandha was steeped in ecstasy on the site of Arnachala from the shrine of Atulyanathishwara situated on a big rock on the northern bank of the river. Nearby is the Mula Brindavana of Swami Raghotamathita, a saint highly venerated in Madhva tradition. He took his eternal abode in Samadhi more than 400 years ago. Considering the spiritual importance of this hallowed spot, dating back to many centuries, it seems no accident Sri Nyanananda has chosen it for locating his ashram towards the close of his long spiritual ministry 
and for resting in it in samadhi for eternity keeping unbroken the tradition of the eminence of kshetra shri nyanananda giri swami ji underlined the importance of karma yoga and bhakti yoga and held the traditional view that only one who has attained purity of heart single minded concentration and a good degree of desirelessness by cultivating intense devotion to god is qualified for intense study of vedanta and self inquiry in order to meet the needs of the largest group who came to him he constructed and consecrated an ashram temple with various deities thus we find at tapovanam sanyasins engaged in study and practicing meditation side by side with bhaktas devotees singing kirtans in the praise of the lord there are others who prefer ritualistic worship with vedic chants thus the unique institution represents the many facets of the master's personality sadguru nyanananda's teaching was pure vedanta the timeless message of the upanishads it is fundamentally the way of total renunciation so that finally there is no ego left to manifest itself he is the vedantic ideal living in the spaceless here and eternal now by unintermittent tapas of constant awareness of self he has with his presence sanctified the entire world he is a true sadguru in the line of adi shankara abiding in the peaks of spiritual experience the traditional message issues forth from him in such pristine purity that its import is always clear and the direction safe and authentic he was easily accessible to all an inexhaustible fountain of divine compassion god's mercy flows through him equally to all to the saint and to the sinner alike his gentle response to those who came to him for succor used to be let us pray though he did not overtly perform miracles and in fact emphasized that they were mundane and belonged to the realm of illusory phenomena extraordinary things happened in the presence of the great jivan mukta he is verily a kalpakavriksha a wish fulfilling celestial tree who gives the devotees what they want so that they may gradually turn godward with a desireless love and a total self offering and develop keep aspiration for attaining self knowledge which is what he really wants to bless them with truly shri nyanananda giri swami ji is like an immense iceberg such of that is hidden from our vision established in sahaja samadhi he was the greatest bhakta among bhaktas a peerless yogi among yogis and a jnani of unequal stature among novas of atman above all he is guru par excellence among the preceptors who teaches the import of the mahavakyas by his presence as jivan mukta as the inner guru he lights up the lamp of wisdom in the hearts of his disciples speaking to them in his eloquent language of silence he transmutes their ego consciousness into constant self awareness shri nyanananda giri swami ji has been introduced to the west by a french benedictine monk swami abhishekananda he has written a book guru and disciple in which 
he describes his encounters with the sage in whom he discovered his guru the great teacher who was embodiment of absolute truth attained mahasamadhi in january 1974 as per his instructions he was laid to rest in the traditional manner in a hexagon shaped samadhi chamber constructed by him a few years earlier the jivan mukta has cast off the limitations of the physical body and now his presence in videha kaivalya has become all pervading an abiding peace encompasses and permeates the ashram premises and the very air is redolent with his powerful presence indeed it is not confined to tapovanam as before even now wherever devotees may be they find his unfailing grace and immediate support in a more potent inner presence they now realize the significance of his of repeated assurance swami will always be with you for him a jivan mukta there is no coming or going away although the eternally youthful lustrous sweet and smiling face of the sage lotus like in tinge and form may not be visible to their gross vision his uninterrupted presence and constant shower of grace have been the definite experience of all devotees who surrendered to him it was indicated by the sage that his samadhi with his eternal living presence which is the very heart of sri nyanananda tapovanam would become a place of pilgrimage and grow to be a great center of spiritual sadhana for keen aspirants as per his instructions the sanctum sanctorum of the shrine has been constructed in a hexagonal shape twin forms of ganesha shiva vishnu surya devi and subramanya are sculptured in the six pillars as he is coming in the lineage of adi shankara who is shanmata sthapana acharya mahakumbha abhishekam and final consecration of sri nyanananda giri swami ji mahalinga were performed on 9th june 1978 with due vedic rites sanctifying to eternity one of the holiest places on earth subsequently a prakara around the sanctum sanctorum and a 16 pillared mahamandapa in front of it have been constructed with the lovely paintings on the ceiling and ornamented pillars with appropriate sculpted figures of lord shiva rajagopura of noble and imposing appearance with five terraces has been erected over the main entrance on the southern side to the shrine of grace of sadguru mahakumbha abhishega of rajagopura was performed on 22nd june 1989 Kumbhabhishega was again performed in May 1999 after renovation of the ashram temple and the samadhi shrine of grace Sri Nyanananda Tapovanam is now one of the well-known centers of spiritual importance in South India This whole hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Saints of India If you would like to support this project of mine kindly contribute through patreon.com the link for which appears in the description shri gurubhyo namaha